You know that pure joy when you find a forgotten 100 rand note in the pocket of some old jeans while you're doing the laundry? That feeling of elation sums up Johnny Walker Rocking the Daisies. Since its rejuvenation in 2016, Johnny Walker Rocking the Daisies has ensured that those three days you spend on Kloof Wine Farm in Darling will sustain you long enough until the following year's edition. That the memories you make with your squad under the sun screaming along to your favorite musos will last a lifetime. Daisies is committed to developing, supporting, and cultivating a quality, multi-sensory cultural experience, and this year will be no different. Head on over to rockinthedaisies.com to get your tickets now and be a part of history. Tex in the City has kept you informed of what's happening in the South African music industry for the last 15 years now, and this podcast is an extension of that plugging you into all the hottest music news and reviews and interviews through insightful and hopefully stimulating conversations with the people who are on the ground, the people who are plugged into the culture and the people who are making things happen. And for the first season, we're focusing on festival OG, Johnny Walker rocking the daisies. Now, this festival has changed ownership. They've promoted team members to new positions And they've embraced a new direction for a new generation. And being on multiple best festival lists over the last five years has really cemented their vision. And after having to postpone their festival because of the floods in the greater Western Cape region, they really have been through it all this year, guys. But they're on track to produce one of the best editions to date. So what I'll be doing at this year's Daisies is I'll be making my way around the festival, talking to all of you good people, finding out what's hot, what's not, what you're eating, what you're drinking, which activations you're vibing, and most importantly, who is on your to-watch list. Will Lindley has become a musical force of nature, and today he releases his new EP, Magic, an EP that marks a new chapter for him as an artist, and I caught up with him to find out where in the world he is (laughs) and how much he's looking forward to everyone hearing the new music at Daisy's. Will Lindley, welcome to the podcast. Can you believe that the first time I had you on this podcast was almost exactly a year ago? And can we take a minute for how far you've come in a year? I'm so unbelievably proud to be able to witness this. How are you doing, my friend? How's it going? I'm even better now talking to you. I, I literally have seen ah. with the biggest smile on my face ever. How are you? I'm great, but I mean... You should be on top of the world, right? I mean, I because I, I just feel like things have been going really well for you lately. Yeah, I, it it things are happening. We 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 cruising along slowly but surely. I think it's been it's been such a blessing this this last year. I think I've been super super lucky with 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 the shows and um and and so so lucky to be able to continue put music out and it's just been so much fun and just really trying to enjoy the space that we find ourselves in right now you know billy eilish does those vogue interviews every year right where she like looks back on how far she's come i feel like you and i need to do something similar where we get together every year and we track your growth like how many followers have you grown like who's the most famous person that you follow are you down oh my gosh i'm so down <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, so <clears throat> okay, so at the moment, I'm opening up your Instagram. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna assume before I get to your profile, I'm gonna say you got like a hundred and fifty thousand. I'm gonna say one hundred and fifty. I'm just opening right see. as well. I'm like trying to check. Well, Lindy, it's loading. It's loading. 180. Wow. Okay. 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 Goodness. Okay. Um, I I don't know what it was this time last year, but I don't don't think it was. It definitely wasn't 180. That's crazy. (laughs) It was probably 179. We've only grown about a thousand. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, just before you jumped on this podcast, you were on a live and I asked you how it was and you were like, oh my gosh, they only get more chaotic. But it's really, really lovely to see how you interact with your fans very organically because a lot of people, you know, like they get hundreds of thousands of comments, but they don't like them. They don't interact. And I feel like you've created a nice little community of sorts. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's been really fun. Um, and I think what's been really cool is we've actually just become like a, a big group of friends, which is really, it's like weird to say, but. I feel like it couldn't be more true. I think like mm-hmm. we've got our discord server where we have fans interacting with each other on a more like intentional level. Um, and I've seen, I've seen fans in, in Germany meet up and then go for like South African food and have sent a photo on the, on the, on the discord, which has been so funny. Um, but oh it's, it's just incredible. It feels like such a, a special community that we've, that we've slowly been building over time. And, and, I think everybody has a part to play um, and there's a, there's a space for everyone to, to exist, to live and be themselves. Um, and I think that, you know, it all thrives on, on, on banter and everyone kind of taking the mickey out of everyone. And, you know, uh, first case, it's like, how can we take the piss out of Will? But like, if anybody else takes the piss out of Will, it's like, don't you dare. That's our job. You're not allowed to, <laughs> which has been, it's been really sweet. I've, I've really loved, loved building it. Tell me the story of how you ended up in the South African bar in New York watching the rugby. <laughs> um, <laughs> this was this is amazing. I um so I I arrived in New York the day before the the France South Africa game, and I uh-huh. I was like, "There's no way that I am watching this in my bedroom." Like, not no chance. You've got to be joking. I was like, "I'm finding South Africans." So I put on my Instagram story. I said, "Guys." I'm in, I'm in New York. I really want to watch the rugby, but I don't want to watch it on like a streaming service. Where can I go watch it? Are there any bars, pubs, sports, like sports bars? Where can I go? I got a whole bunch of different suggestions, but one that came up multiple times was a place called Pig and Whistle. And then I had this, this young guy, Dean, who is going to university like two, three hours away from New York. He messaged me. He was like, well, I'm going to be like going to the Pig and Whistle like all my friends are going to be there. You have to come. So when I saw that, like this like young 20, 21 year old guy was going to be coming down, I was like, okay, there's, there, there, there's, there's my man. That's, that's Dino. Dino and I are about to, about to become best friends and we're going to go watch the rugby together. So I messaged Dean back. I was like, Dino, I'm in, I'm here. What, what, what do I need to do? What time do I get there? He was like, get there 10 AM. We'll all be there. We'll be waiting for you. I rocked up. I was so nervous. I didn't know a soul. I didn't know a single person. Um, 
I like rocked up a little bit later. I rocked up at like 10, 15, just to like make sure that everyone was there so that like I didn't walk in and then it was all awkward. Cause I'm very, I can get very, uh-huh. awkward. I'm like very socially awkward sometimes, most of the time. And, um, and, and I walked in and there was Dean with all his friends and there was a beer waiting for me and they were like, welcome, let's get ready to watch the rugby. And it was just so much fun. The South Africans crawl out of the woodwork for rugby and, um, the bar was just, by the time it got to the game at 12, it was chock-a-block. There were South Africans and French and French people, Frenchmen, uh, like, like just like everyone squishing next to each other. The, 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 like the French supporters were like singing songs at the top of their lungs. And then us South Africans would try to get something going, but then everyone was like, what are you doing? Shut up. But then when, by the time we, we, we won, then, Hey, we didn't care what people thought of us. And we were singing at the top of our lungs. It was so much fun. It was such an incredible atmosphere. And it felt like I was, I was at home when I was actually like 10,000 miles away. It was ridiculous. I love how stranger danger never crossed your mind. Like that was the first thing that I thought of when you were telling me the story. I was like, whoa, the ways that you could die in this story. (laughs) Yo, we don't think of that. Come now, positive thoughts. (laughs) I know, I think maybe I'm just just a little bit too pessimistic. (laughs) No, my mom was like, sorry, William, what do you think? What are you doing? What are you doing? I was like, mom, relax. It's going to be so much fun. We're going to have the best time ever. She was like, "Uh, no. I was like, mom, don't worry. I'll send you photos when I'm there. Everyone's going to be so kind. Uh, Do you still speak to Dino? Are you guys officially besties now? We are. We are besties. We, 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 we pop messages to each other every now and then. He, after the World Cup final, he was like, oh, I wish we were watching it at the Pig and Whistle together. I was like, I know. I'm so sad. Next time. But he's, he's a legend. He was, he was so kind. Where did you watch the World Cup final? I watched it here in LA. So I'm staying with David and Bubele. And um, mm-hmm. there are a bunch of South Africans out here this side as well. So we, um, we did a little screening at their house. They have a a little projector and we popped it on the wall and um, we went to the South African shop and bought Budavos and we had uh, Burry rolls and, um, and watched the rugby. And, oh, it was, it was a really like sweet time. You know, it was, it was like 15 of us all huddled around a, a TV watching, watching the game. And it, it, it was, it was really special to at least be sharing it with some South Africans. You've spent a lot of time in LA for the last two years. What is it about the city that speaks to you so much? You know, I think it's a it's it's incredibly inspiring in terms of of the creative journey um, that I think I'm I'm on. In terms of like, you know, this sounds really this sounds really silly, and this might be like a really weird way at looking at it, but I think like, I mean, like a. I, there, there are such incredible like writers here and the community of people that I started making music with are all here, you know, David and Bubele live out here. So those are like my two closest friends in the creative space. And, and then to be going into rooms with, with different writers and different producers, it, it stretches you creatively. It 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 forces you to not sing the same melodies 24 seven. It forces you to make sure that the next song you're releasing doesn't sound like the one you released just before it. Um, and I think it, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's unbelievably inspiring. It can be 
incredibly draining sometimes, you know, I think the, when I come out here, I kind of work six days a week. You know, I wake up in the morning at eight. I, I am sometimes going for a breakfast meeting or whatever, or I'll go to the gym, come back home. I'll prep for the session for an hour. And then I go to my session from one o'clock to like 8 PM, 9 PM, come home, go to sleep, repeat. And that kind of becomes the life for, you know, the, the, the month or the two months or the three months that I'm here. So it can get quite draining and creatively exhausting, but I think I, I find it incredibly fulfilling for the most part, because I think I'm, I'm, I'm so stretched. You know, I go in, I go into rooms with writers who are millions and millions and millions of times better than me. And I'm forced to like show up and be in that space and, and, give good ideas and, and thoughts. And, Oh, what if we did this? And the amount of times that I go into a room and I'm like, I had this idea. What do you guys think? And everyone's like, Hmm. Yeah, it's nice. What if, you know, like this, there's, there's the, the, the game of what if is huge. And it's, it's, it's so good because it forces you to, it forces you to never settle and it forces you to continually be, you know, thinking of like, okay, but what if, what if we tried this? What if I did this? What if our concept, instead of just speaking about this really vanilla topic, what if we flipped it and then suddenly there was this like punch at the end of the chorus that just hit you in the gut and made you feel something so much more than we would have, you know? Um, and so in that world, I mean, I've, I've, I've really loved spending time out here, but on the flip side, I really miss home and really miss, you know, South Africa and, the people and the community and um, yeah. So I don't know if I could ever live out here, but I love spending my time here to, to write and create the music that I'm able to release. It sounds like LA keeps you on your toes and forces you to level up. Like just purely from the amount of opportunities that are available, the, the artistic pool that's available for you to draw from the opportunities but I also feel like the trajectory of your career has been very smart. Like you've made signing moves and you've aligned yourself with companies and agencies that have, you know, it's been super smart and, and very savvy. Do you feel like mm. you maybe have a knack for choosing the right people to work with? Or was it a collaborative effort at the start when it came to picking who the right people were to work with? Yeah, I think I think it goes without saying that, you know, I would be – I would be nowhere if it wasn't for David and Bubele. You know, those two guys are like my big brothers in music, man. Um, you know, I met David in lockdown when I first started writing music just through a, a friend at church, you know. Um, and and he was like, oh, I've got uh, a mate of mine, David. He 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 um, is a great producer. And I I don't know, maybe you guys would like to, to, to chat to each other. And so we started talking and, you know, I didn't know anything about Belsh. He didn't know anything about me, but we built a friendship and I soon started to realize like, oh, wow, David, David loves music as much as I would really want to love music. And suddenly I felt like I'd found someone who's going to match my energy in, in wanting to do music. And, you know, David then introduced me to Bubele and they, they, they've become my, my mentors and, and my dearest friends in this space. And, in my early days, they were the ones who stopped me from signing stupid deals that I should, that, that one should never sign. Or they stopped me from doing things that, you know, would have hurt my career 
in the long run. And so, you know, as much as I could sit here and go like, oh, every decision that I've made has been like from my heart and what I felt. It's it's not true. You know, I think in your infant stages, you you don't know. And the music industry is such a, a, an interesting place. It's 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 a diverse place. It's full of different characters. Um, some really good, some maybe not so good. And I think when you start out, you don't quite know how to how to how to, you know, filter out the good from the bad. And, you know, if it wasn't for, for people like David and Bobele, I think I, my career would have ended up very differently. Um, and so, you know, f- from those early stages, I think I've now been able to, to, you know, pick out like, oh, I really, lo- I, 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 I see what I can, va- like what I value in this individual as a, as a human being, as a person, how do they, how do they treat the people around them? Do they see the humanity in every individual that they encounter? You know, the the humanitarian side of it is is super important. You want to work with people that you can be friends with, you know, um, but you want to work with good people and people who are kind and hardworking. Um, but, you know, that's all come after the fact of me being like protected and nurtured and mentored by David and Bubele. And it's something that, you know, I would I would love to be able to pass on to to artists coming up um, in South Africa, um, you know, in time. You know, I, I I'm just so grateful for what those guys did for me and are still doing for me. Oh well, I love that. I love to hear you say that you want to pass on the torch of of knowledge and education because we don't really have a lot of people in South Africa that do that. You know what I mean? That like have the time, but that also want to like give up the knowledge and give up the hard earned skill. So the fact that you want to do that just warms my heart. <laughs> no, it's great it, to hear you say that. It, I think there's 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 such an, an an incredible injection of talent that's coming up up the ranks in South Africa. You know, I think there's 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 incredible artists who I'm seeing making music. There's there's this young guy who's who's at Stellenbosch University. It's like, oh my gosh, that's a little bit of myself, but. He, his name's Zubin and I've seen, he came up on my, on my TikTok and I was yes. like, who's this guy? I started listening to his stuff, yeah. um, popped him a message. We've been chatting a little bit. He's, he's, he's so talented. And I think it's, it's incredible when you, when you find, when you find guys and, and or when you just find artists who are just like, so, so keen to just keep creating and to not stop and like, We'll ask you questions and then they're like, okay, sharp, cool. Like, check you later. I'm going to carry on doing what I'm doing. You know, um, I think that's, that's been super special. And, and seeing an artist like Charles be able to like finally release his EP and get that project out. I just is like, it's incredible that the talent and the, 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 the songwriting that's on display, the, the voices that are on display. It's, it's, it's a matter of time before we really just have some like massive South African artists and Tyler being one of them and Loiso being one of them. Like they are, they are already at, at, at such incredible um, levels right now. And I just think like, you know, South Africa's time is now. There's some awesome artists that are coming through the ranks. I love that you mentioned Zubin. Like I, it's, it's so cool. He sent me a song that he did a while ago and I thought that his voice was so interesting and then he did another track with young Beethoven which was also really cool I think it was called yes. Out of Here if I remember correctly so that's yeah so that's yeah I, I it makes me very excited that yeah. you know people like you want to invest in younger singers that's that's great but I want to know David and Bubele aside 
because mm. I remember the last time I spoke to you, we also spoke at length about them. Who are some of the people who you consider to be instrumental to your success that perhaps work behind the scenes that don't necessarily get the flowers that they do? My mom and dad. I mean, like they, they, they have been the emotional support that have kept me going through this all, you know, um, they, I think, you know, in terms of like the non-business side of things, I think the emotional toll of doing music has been one of the like most difficult challenges for me. Um, I think the, the, the constant like scrutiny that you're under of whether your song is good or not, or whether people like your show or not is, 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 is a, is a, is a reality of, of this career. And it's, it's totally okay. It's part of it. You know, I I've signed up for this and, and I, and I love music and I don't want to ever stop this. Um, but I think that, you know, you do go through so many ups and downs when doing music. I think, you know, there are days when you wake up and you go like, what am I doing with my life? Like it, like, is this, is this really like, am I, am I really good enough to be doing music? Is this really like something that, that is, that is actually like happening. And then there are other days when you like, you feel like you're on top of the world and you're like, Oh yeah, music is the best. Like, this is amazing. Woo. But you know, you, you go through all these, these, these highs and these lows. And I think to have people that are in your corner that, that love you and care for you and, um, and, and, who know that they don't know everything about music, but will just be that brick wall that I can just like throw feelings at and, and, and we can have conversations and they, they have been unbelievable in trying to understand this world. Um, and, and have asked me questions, but have never tried to like figure it out for me. You know, it's, it's very much been mm. the thing of like, you dropped out of university, like you make this work. We're not here to help you, <laughs> but we are here to support you and love you as parents. And I think like that's been one of the most incredible gifts is, you know, it really has been like, you do this, like you make this work. We're not here to help on that side of things, but we are here to help you emotionally. And and that's been one of the most incredible gifts. And and so like there are the the other team members, the managers and the the the, the, the people that that come into play but my parents have been unbelievable and I, I could not be more grateful for, yeah, for them. Shout out Mr. and Mrs. Lindley. I remember when I met you at Kaya Creative Studios when you were doing the recording of your first EP and um, you did a speech where you thanked everybody and you were like, I have, first and foremost have to thank my parents, especially my mother who was like, oh, okay, you want to do refreshments for everybody? Cool. Do you have glasses? And you were like, um, no. <laughs> she was like, well, we need to get those. <laughs> it's, it's something that I think at the beginning I took for granted. At the very beginning, I really did take for granted. And then I realized how, how lucky I was to have two people like them in my life that are, are so for me. They're not against me. They're so fair. They're so... Um, they, they're not strict, but they're not lenient. You know, they're just, they're incredible people. They, I think my mom always describes, she goes like, as a parent, um, you need to be the walls of the swimming pool. This is a very weird analogy, but she was like, you need to be the walls of the swimming pool because when, when little kids are learning to swim, they will 
hold on to the side of the wall and then they'll kick off the wall and they'll go into the deep end and they'll flail about and they'll try and keep afloat and they'll try and swim. And then suddenly they'll realize, oh, whoa, this deep end is like super deep. And then they'll go back to the wall and they'll <laughs> hold on to the wall. And my mom always says that she, she says as parents, your job is to be that swimming pool wall. She says, your kids will kick off you. Your kids will like try and dive into the deep end and you've got to just go like, woo, go to the deep end. Like, yeah. And just know that at some point, those your, your, your kid is going to come back to the wall and hold on for dear life until they've gained the courage to go like, okay, I think I'm going to kick off the wall again. Are you ready? Okay. One, two, three, and into the deep end you go. And, and it's been so true. And, um, my mom and dad have just been so supportive and, and, and just the best people I could ask for. That needs to be an inspirational quote on a very picturesque background. <laughs> this is literally, I don't know what your mom does for a living, but wow, she, she could have a sign hustle in, in greeting cards because that is beautiful. Right. <laughs> Talk to me about how the process of making music for you has changed from writing Miss Me When You're Gone mm -hmm. to putting out your new magic EP. What's the process like of constructing a song? Has it changed much or are you working in pretty much the same way you've always been? It's a little bit of both, honestly. I think, you know, the one, the one, the one thing that struck me about post Miss Me When You're Gone was I started getting a lot more anxious writing about writing by myself. I started getting very in my head, like, oh no, that's not a good melody. Well, oh no, that those words aren't good. No, well, that that's not whatever, whatever. But the matter of the fact is, is that, you know, I wrote Miss Me When You're Gone all by myself. And then David helped me construct the chorus. So all the words were written in my bedroom. But then as soon as Miss Me When You're Gone was released, I started getting this like crippling anxiety around writing songs and fearing like, oh no, I can't do that again. I can't, I can't do this again. And so I started writing with a whole bunch of other producers and writing with people and, and working with people to just help like say, yes, that's good. Keep going down that road. Or like, no, 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 wait, what if we tried doing something like this? So it wasn't like I suddenly went from like writing all my songs to then not writing any music at all. But I just started writing mm -hmm. with people to try and help like, you know, to, to, to keep the process of writing a song moving on rather than getting super stuck in on like one line that isn't perfect or whatever. Um, and, and, and that process took, you know, took a lot out of me and, and was mainly a, a, a thing that happened over zoom because this was all like last year and, and at beginning of last year and I couldn't get out to the States properly, um, or the year before, um, this, this time around, I think I've been, a lot more intentional with like knowing what I, what I want to say in each of these songs. I think, mm -hmm. you know, it's also the first time that I've written about falling in love, which is, 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 you know, has been very interesting. It's no longer like, I, I usually describe my music as like happy, sad music because it's like happy and bouncy, but it's really sad lyrics. I think a song like magic is, is for me, one of the happiest and most euphoric and, nostalgic sounding songs but also feels new and fresh and different and I think is yeah. something that fans can hold on to as like oh this is this is the the the, the pillar to like what Woolenly music is um I think it's just this EP is more honest it's a little bit more vulnerable it's a little bit more real it's a little bit more like intentional with the words that I use and and 
and the sonics that I've decided to go with with within this EP. I think I've wanted to try and and create a project that that sounds that sounds like it all fits in the same world. You know, I think the Kill All My Feelings EP felt a little bit all over the show to me. Whereas this EP, I've been really intentional with the songs that we've decided to release with, you know, the words that I've decided to write, the rewrites that we've done, you know, re- going back into verses, going back into bridges, going like, ah, what we're saying here isn't right yet. How can we say this better? It's been a lot more, I think, intentional. And it's it really is, it feels like now it's, it really is a piece of my heart, um, which is is really exciting. I feel like I found that place that I was in when I wrote Miss Me When You're Gone. Yeah, I want to talk about your first ballad on paper. Mm. I When I heard it, uh, it took me maybe three or four listens to like really get into it mm. because it's not a stereotypical Will Lindley track. Mm. It was it was left field for me because I totally wasn't expecting it at all. Yes. And I feel like this EP has shown massive growth for you as a songwriter, but specifically lyrically, because like, and I'm so glad that you said that you were very specific about the words that you chose and, you know, the lyrics that you wrote on this EP, because it really feels carefully constructed. Yeah, it's, it's, it took time and it was very it was it was very daunting um it it scared me a little bit i think um you know a, a song like on paper is is actually the oldest song on the ep we wrote it at the beginning of last year um but it wasn't sitting right with me you know it was a song that i was like something something's not right here something's not right here and we kept on kind of visiting it and my team kept on going like well like the song like we think it's really good we think you should put it out Mm. but I just kept on pushing it off and I think you know it felt like for this EP it was the right time to bring the song out because it's it 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 shows a different side to me I think it shows a different a different side to my writing it shows it shows that more intentional writing rather than just going like hey guys how can we just create like the biggest banger that everybody's just going to dance to and sing along to, <laughs> you know, for me, I'm, I'm, I think I'm, I'm starting to realize like, no, no, no. Like you've got to show a little bit more of your heart. You know, you, you, you can write your, your big pop songs. That's so important because I love that. Those are my favorite. But, um, but I think at the end of the day, I owe it to my fans to be honest and vulnerable and, and, and to, to show more of myself in every single release. I think that this is also going to be a very special song for you live. I think you're going to have many moments with this track um, because I think it's going to resonate with a lot of people. That's just my two cents. (laughs) I mean, we'll talk about this. We'll talk about this in a year when we do this podcast again. I'll be like, ah, you see, you see, I told you. Or we'll be like, actually, mm, (laughs) it wasn't. No, but it will be. It will be. So talk to me about the title, Magic. What is magic? Who is magic? Why magic? What's the significance of the title? Magic. We love magic. <laughs> I, um, you know, magic is the title track of the EP. And I, I chose it because, because I think it, it really encapsulates 
the feeling around this EP. You know, I think this, the, the feeling around the EP is, is one of like the trial and error of falling in love. You know, it's the, the, the push and the pull until eventually it's all fall down and, 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 and it's like, oh, we're in love. This is amazing. And, and I think, I think, you know, a song, a song like magic is so important for me because I really wanted to, to write. I, I, I really struggle with, with writing love songs. Um, I think it's because I have so much practice in writing um, sad songs that that when it when it came to like actually guys let's try and twist it a little bit let's do something different I really struggled and I think I think I kept on trying to say like I love I love you so much in in the choruses and it just was never never worked <laughs> and um, and 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 I was like I I feel like I love you sometimes doesn't feel like the right thing to say it's like it's more than love. It's more than this. It's more than this little feeling. And um, and when I was writing with Jackson and Colin and Alex, who I wrote Magic with, and I actually did Tough with Jackson as well, um, he was like, well, what about this? And then he sat at the, court, at the piano and he played this like, ding, ding, ding. And he was like, you and me feel something like magic. And I was like, that's it? That's it? And and it just, it it's never felt like, Oh my gosh, that's it. It's never felt like like a puzzle piece clicking into place as beautifully as that moment, as, as beautifully as it did in that moment, you know? And so for me, when it came to, to deciding what this EP was going to be called, for me, this EP is, is nostalgic, it's euphoric, it's fresh, it's clean, it's new, it's refined, it's heartfelt, it's warm, it's fuzzy. And all of that feels like it it, it, it was encapsulated within the song Magic. And, and, and it was a no-brainer that we had to call this EP Magic. You know, my favorite song of yours, hands down, that you've written is I Don't Want to Be Yours. We've spoken extensively about this. I even spoke to David and Bubele about this as well. Because yeah. there's also like a, there's a specific moment in the song that I just absolutely love and that was owing to their production yeah. specifically, like just 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 before the, I think it was like the pre-chorus. Anyway, but I think that Magic is the best song that you've written. Do you think? It's, it's eclipsed. It's eclipsed, I Don't Want to Be Yours. And then very close third on paper. Really? Come on. Yes. I love this review. Yes. That's great. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it, man. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is about I Don't Want to Be Yours. Like, I, I I, don't know how many times I've listened to it. Whatever the listen count is on Spotify, I am two-thirds of that. <laughs> <laughs> I always knew it was you. I, it, 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 couldn't have been, it couldn't have been a bunch of other people. I knew it was just one person. No. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's me and Dino. Come on. Come on. And Ziggy. And Ziggy. Come on. And Ziggy, oh Ziggy, she's she's actually sleeping. She's, Can you believe it? Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, she's sleeping. Um, she's she's curled up in a little ball and she's sleeping. Oh. And I mean, it's not like I've been talking softly or anything. I think she's just fed up. She's had a very long day. She was like, Granny, she's running around, 
And then I, just, just before we started this, this podcast, I, I fed her dinner. I gave her some nuggets and some chicken. So I think her stomach is full and now she's curled up in a little bally. She's having a little nap. Sweet. Oh, <laughs> she's the best when she's like this. Let her sleep. <laughs> Rocking the daisies is next week. I cannot believe it's already time. What can we look forward to from your set? Welcome back to South Africa. We can't wait to have you back. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. I think I'm I'm going to try and like do a push to get people to bring like flags and things like that to Daisy so we can try and make it our own little Glastonbury. Um I um Ooh. I think I, th- I just think it'll be so cool, man. I think I, I think I've got a sunset slot on the Friday, which is really exciting. So, I'm. It could not be a better like welcome home. I'm. I'm so excited. But I think you know, it's going to be the first time that we're going to be able to play Magic Live, which is really exciting. Um, it's just going to be mm. dancing. It's going to be a good time. I think I've been telling people, um, you know, the the biggest blessing, and the biggest, you know, the biggest honor for me is to is to hear when people tell me they go like oh well uh this song soundtrack this moment in my life you know um whether it's like oh well last call was the song that we played when we came out of the school hall for uh, uh our valedictory or whatever or someone telling me that gracie was their first dance song or whatever i i want my daisy's performance to be a performance that everyone remembers and goes like Oh, remember when Will performed this song at Daisy's and the sun was setting and we were with all our best friends and whatever, whatever, whatever. I, for me, it's 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 an incredibly perf- important performance for, for me personally because last year when I did Daisy's, it was a little bit chaotic, a little bit all over the show and a little bit like not it, it was it was just a, it was just my first major festival performance and I didn't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. And I think now I I know what to expect. I I am planning just a very exciting set and a, an energy filled set, a lot of dancing, um, and I, I'm just really excited for people to 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 experience it and have fun with it. Um, the last show that I played in South Africa was my old biscuit mill show in Cape Town, which was so much fun. Sure. And um, mm. and now to be able to come back and do daisies is is absolutely incredible. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Would you say that? The first Daisies that you performed versus the one that's coming up, do you feel like you're better prepared because of all the hundreds of gigs that you've played (laughs) in between then and all the different kinds of stages and crowds that you've performed in front of? Tekla, I don't think you ever are prepared for Daisies. I don't know. I that's my Really? I just think I don't know. For 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 me it's it's a historic show. It's, it's so special. And I think you can, you can prepare as much as you want, but as soon as you step onto that stage, it's a different game, you know, and it's, it's so exciting and it's, it's such Mm. a, it's not a bad, you know, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's a, it's a thing of wonder, of awe, of, of inspiration. You know, you watch the acts before you and you go like, Oh, they're really good. Oh, this is insane. You know? And then you watch the acts after you, like everyone is incredible. There's just such a, insane display of talent that I think it's less of like, I don't, I don't, I I guess I am prepared in terms of going like I've performed a whole bunch. I feel more comfortable on stage. I, I, 
I know the songs a little bit better. I know what I'm going to be doing and in the middle of each song, et cetera, et cetera, maybe a little bit better. But I think that the beauty of performing is, you know, each performance is so new, uh, unique because I can't do the same performance twice in a row. It's impossible. I, I won't do the same dance moves. It's whatever I'm feeling on the stage at that moment in time, you know, so that I can prepare the songs. I can get the songs ready, but the rest is all up to fate. And that's a super exciting, but also daunting, but really exciting part of it all. Well then, Lee, it's always a pleasure to chat to you. I will see you at Rockin' the Daisies. I cannot wait for your set. It's going to be a banger. I cannot wait. Thank you so much for the chat. I can't wait to see you. This episode was made possible by Quinton Misplon, Matthew Dickinson, and the good people over at Sure. And all the artwork was created by OG illustrator Elio Moravero. If you're obsessed and you need to know more, you can find us across socials at Ticks in the City and at TicksInTheCity.com for more music news. Otherwise, thank you for listening and catch you next week. You know that pure joy when you find a forgotten 100 rand note in the pocket of some old jeans while you're doing the laundry? That feeling of elation sums up Johnny Walker Rocking the Daisies. Since its rejuvenation in 2016, Johnny Walker Rocking the Daisies has ensured that those three days you spend on Kloof Wine Farm in Darling will sustain you long enough until the following year's edition. That the memories you make with your squad under the sun screaming along to your favorite musos will last a lifetime. Daisies is committed to developing, supporting, and cultivating a quality, multi-sensory cultural experience, and this year will be no different. Head on over to rockinthedaisies.com to get your tickets now and be a part of history.